What we're going to do today, and there are so many places in the Bible, and I, uh, it just caught me last week, and we're coming right on to Thanksgiving, and it's just right there, but it is so easy as Christians to say, okay, time out, we're going to take this Thanksgiving time and fail to recognize that Thanksgiving is our entire life. It is everything we are, in every place we are, and in everything we do. So turn with me in your Bibles to where we want to be today. We're just going to step away from John and look in Psalm 100. A very simple, short psalm, but yet very profound. When we look at Thanksgiving and think, what does the Spirit say about Thanksgiving? How far does it reach? How deep does it reach? How high does it go? How broad is Thanksgiving? And how deep should it be in our hearts? And probably one of the characteristics of David that set him apart as a man after God's heart is that David's heart expressed thanksgiving again and again and again, even in the middle of a lot of difficulty. A lot of places he didn't know where to go, but he would turn and go back to God. God, thank you. I'm looking to you to get us through. And the Lord was there. And, and David experienced that. But let's read this together. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. I want you to look at just several words that just grabbed me in the first browse over this in the study that we're going to be lingering on th this morning. The first in verse one is just shout joyfully. What is thanksgiving? The joyful shout. What does that mean? We'll look at that further in a minute. The second is serve the Lord with gladness. What is thanksgiving? Serving God with gladness, a joyful heart. God desires a joyful heart. What else is thanksgiving? The next verse, come before him with come before him with joyful singing entering into god's presence by faith again and again lord i'll take the step what else is thanksgiving verse the next verse know the, that the lord he himself is god it is he who has made us and not we ourselves knowing the lord brings thankfulness you will never be thankful unless we know the lord what else is thanksgiving? Verse 4, entering into his gates, taking a step boldly into the direction that God asks us to go. What else is thanksgiving? Just giving thanks to his name. Just saying, Lord, I want to thank you. I want to stop and thank you. Giving thanks to his name. And what else is thanksgiving? Remembering the Lord is good. Oh, so good. And we'll see, we see this as we look here this morning. But that we want to begin in that first verse where David just simply says, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. And you know, that word shout, I, we, I have a picture. I have several pictures. So I'm so thankful, thankful again that this got working again. But Kelly, if we could put that first picture up there on the screen. And to this young guy at 10 years old in, Cal in a lake in Montana, that is Thanksgiving. <laughs> he's got a big trout. He, he's got bragging rights. He's got a big smile. He doesn't even have to talk about how big it is. He's got the evidence right in front of him. And when the Lord speaks of shouting joyfully, it's actually a ring of the voice, a, 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 almost like a cry of joy and thanksgiving. Now this here is my grandson. One of the guys. He's 10, he was about 10 there. Deb just reminded me he's 14 now and he comes up for Christmas. 
And he smiles like that, but let me tell you the rest of the story. He was born without a heart valve. There was no connecting valve between the two parts of his heart. And so day one, when the little boy came, came out, of, out of his mother's womb in a Seattle hospital, they had open heart surgery. It was probably about two year to three years old, they told him, you'll never be like other children. Your life expectancy isn't the same. You're going to have open heart surgeries till you're about 20, and finally the valve at some time will probably give out, and they'll never be able to do it again. He's had four surgeries now. Open heart. His life changes more than most. But what is so amazing yet, he can't play baseball and basketball and run. He can run, but not very long. But he thanks God. When we show up, he thanks God. Now, as we look into Thanksgiving today, we're going to see that Thanksgiving has several types of, of applications. It goes broad in the word of God. But if you notice with me here when he says shout, it's like this ear-splitting sound, if you look in some of the definitions, that come when we're thankful. Just don't be ashamed of Jesus. Just let it ring. Jesus lives. Jesus died. Jesus has risen, risen again. Shout joyfully. Notice, we're going to see this again and again in this psalm. Notice Thanksgiving is accompanied by joy. It's, it's a time of rejoicing. It's not like, well, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm thankful to God. Yeah, yeah, I'm thankful. God's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thankful. No, that's not what the Word of God's saying. It says, when you're thankful, rejoice. Give God praise. Get our eyes up high and notice the source of where he goes. David goes. He says, shout joyfully. But, but then he says, to the Lord. Not to your president, not to your pastor, not to your best friend, not to your husband, not to your wife. Shout joyfully to God. Thanksgiving, in the real sense of its application, will always go through but to. It will go beyond Oftentimes, I could look at Debbie, and I could say, God, I am so thankful, and Debbie, I am so thankful to have you as my wife. God gave you as one of the most precious gifts that I ever received 40, over 44 years ago. But as I see you, I get the privilege of seeing through you to God and realizing it's not about Debbie. It's about God. And the word of God speaks about this as we're looking right here. And David got this pretty well. And he says, shout joyfully to the Lord. And then he says, all the earth. Thanksgiving isn't in selective areas of the world. God wants it everywhere. We're going to see pictures today throughout the world. But he wants it. If you're on a vacation, he wants us to be thankful. If, if you're on the job, he wants us to shout joyfully. If we're doing the job on the job, that one thing we don't want to do, he wants us to shout joyfully. And, he, and notice what he says here. He says, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Get that shout out there. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. You've got a lot to be thankful for. And oh, how we do, how we do in so many ways. Psalm 68, verses 4 through 6. David, we're going to grab several songs, psalms to this morning. They're songs, really. Most of the psalms are songs. Sing to, the, to God. Sing praises to his name. Notice where David is going. Lift up a song for him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord. Notice the upward view of David. A father of the fatherless. And a judge for the widows is God in his holy habitation. And David is saying, let's get our eyes on God as we are thankful. Look up. Look at what God has given us. Look at what God is doing. And, and I love this about this area. Uh, you know, as I was studying this, I thought, wouldn't it be something if the Church of Calvary's chapel just got stuck in a rut? Oh, we've been stuck in ruts. We all know that. But what if we got stuck in the rut of being thankful? And people talk about the church down the road, and they say, well, you know, one of the things that's amazing about that church, if you go there, those folks are just thankful. The pastors don't get off of that subject. It, it hits every single time. The congregation loves to give praises to God. You can feel it in the worship. You can feel it everywhere. 
Now, this is what we're speaking about today. When the Lord is speaking about shouting joyfully, giving praise to God. In, in the 19th verse of the same Psalm, Psalm 68, David says it, it says it so beautiful. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden. The Lord who is our salvation. And so David here, as he's looking towards salvation, towards God in thankfulness, he's grabbing one of the great truths of why we're thankful. You've got salvation, be thankful. Don't let go of thanksgiving. Oh, so often, oh, if I could only find that, whatever. And you can fill in the blank. If this relationship, or if this job, or if this whatever. But look at what David says. The God who is our salvation. You can make a list of things to be thankful for, but on the very top of that list is salvation. You've got eternal life through Jesus. There's nothing like it. God says, get your eyes up. Oh, God has taught us much, and you're going to, you'll see, we'll take you a little bit in this journey as we look a little further today. The next verse uh, begins to speak about this next dimension, dimension of thanksgiving. Serve the Lord with gladness. Notice that verse with me. He, he's not, he says, not serve others, because when we're serving others as Christians and our eyes are in Jesus, we're not serving others. We're serving God. Now, we may be serving our husband or our wife or our brother. We might be helping today with Christmas boxes, packing them, getting them loaded, but we aren't serving them. True thanksgiving is we look through others to God. And if you notice with me here, David says, serve the Lord with gladness. And there's another part of that that's so important. He says, be glad in your service. There's a lot of times that it, we need to be challenged. I need to be challenged because service can lose the heart of gladness. It slips us. And usually the companion to that is we're losing the heart of thankfulness. It just kind of comes in the back door often. But David says, serve the Lord with gladness. Just in, in tremendous gladness. Another picture that I want to share with you of a little servant that God brought us in contact with several years ago in Cambodia. There she is, about 25. She's never heard of Jesus at this time. In the course of several days, she was our little waitress at night at the hotel where we were staying. And that little girl had never heard of Jesus. But I want you to look at her eyes and her smile. Oftentimes, the poorest of the world will teach us the most about something that is so precious. She was still thankful that she could serve us. You know, it was interesting. We just began to speak to her about Jesus. She became really special. And then we looked at her teeth. And you can see, if you look closely, her teeth were all crooked. And I was wondering about the, the wisdom of how you would... Uh, Enter, enter into that and, and possibly the friends that we were with are serving. He just said, we'd like to take and make a donation to get those teeth straightened. And she just kept smiling. It got a little bigger. Now she was going to be able to get her teeth fixed. We left. But the word of God says, serve the Lord, but serve with gladness. Here's a beautiful verse in David expressing this gladness in Psalm 63, verse 3 through 5. And David here, as he speaks of this gladness, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul is satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth offers praises with joyful lips. Here's a king who ran a lot of his life. He had children who rose up against him continually. He had enemies almost on every hand. And then he just simply said, this is who I am. My soul satisfied with you, Lord. And I want, I want us to grasp this in Thanksgiving, that Thanksgiving comes as a result of Thanksgiving and satisfaction in the Lord alone. We can miss that so easily, but, but David here, as, he, as he's speaking of this beautiful aspect, that you get, the, you get the privilege to serve the Lord, but with gladness. 
And again, notice where we're serving. We're serving God. Guess how we're serving? We're serving with gladness. I don't know if this has happened to any of you before, but there has been times in our life and ministry that God just simply said, stop, time out, because you're not serving the Lord with gladness. You've lost the joy in the midst of service. Come back and find me and get your eyes back to me and then you can go back out there and you can serve. And God has done that, and I'm sure he's done it with you in many ways. Here's another verse, Hebrews 13 and 15. Paul writing here, through him, this is our Lord Jesus, this is our Savior then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise, here it is again, to God. That is the fruit of our lips, that that give thanks to his name. The privilege in service often is the privilege of offering up a sacrifice to God, a praise to God. Up goes the sacrifice because we see God. It's the least we can do. Oh, I wonder if heaven itself will not reveal that some of the greatest spiritual stretches we've ever had in our entire Christian life was the least that we could have done. We might have missed that. We lost the gladness of that. But when the gladness comes in, the blessings just begin to flow. Many of you enjoy going out to a restaurant, and you might even have your favorite waiter or favorite waitress. And Have you noticed what separates them as a favorite? They serve with gladness. It isn't that they have the book perfect. If all they do is methodically bring you your food, methodically walk away, it's no different in the church. It's no different in the home. But the power over you to be blessed is gladness. They serve with gladness. In some of the places we've went on the mission field, we have been put in some of the most questionable airlines I ever thought, I thought I'd never get in one like this. They're 40-year-old planes, and you don't really realize it until you get inside, you look at the seats, and you look at the aisle, because usually they'll paint the outside of the plane with really pretty bright colors often, yellows and greens and oranges, and, and they'll have flowers, and you'll think, that's okay, the plane looks pretty antiquated. But there's one thing that separates that airline from any airlines that we've ever flown. It's the gladness through which the waiters and waitresses serve. People are handing you food that probably don't make $20 a month with a smile on their face. And if you got a little cup of water, you don't get down over maybe about one inch and they're right there with gladness filling up the cup again. Now this is really the heart of God for the children, for the children of God. And David was expressing this when he said, serve the Lord with gladness. But as we look at the next area, he says, come, come before him with joyful singing. Once again, there's an exhortation here to come, but notice where we come. We come before him. We don't come just, okay, I got to go to church today because that's what we do. Uh, we've got to go to uh, youth tonight because that's what we do. We've got we've to go to do this because that's what, no, notice with me what David is saying. Now we have the privilege to be thankful. What a privilege. We have the opportunity and it is possible. You think about this. I'd, I'd appreciate your feedback. I wonder if there's any way that people are more impacted by Jesus than simply when they see his children thankful. You think about that. But notice this with me. He says, he says I, I want you to come before him. He is back before the Lord. And now he brings in singing with joyful singing. And some of you here say, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Matter of fact, I was talking to one of the sisters here, and she was sharing some things about worship. And I said, you know, join the team. Someone said, well, she said, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. Well, I heard differently later. But God often multiplies as we're singing songs in our heart. It may not be that we can verbalize the song well. It may never sound like the artist we've heard. But when that song before God is in our heart, and we come before him with gladness and joyful singing, there's a melody to God that's going to spill right out everywhere you go. 
You know, Thanksgiving is amazing. Now, I've got a, I've got a glass. I think I'll just use an illustration. Here's my glass of water, and I, I, don't, I hope I don't spill it. But as I pour this and keep filling it like Thanksgiving, there's only one thing left to happen to this glass. It flows over. And it nourishes someone else. Thanksgiving blesses. Thanksgiving overflows. Never was it intended by God for that Thanksgiving was something put in the capsule of our heart to, to hold in our little, our little chambers. And God, I'm back in the corner of my closet. Thank you, God. No, Thanksgiving is intended to go out. God wants us this week when something comes up about, about the impeachment to have a good word. A word of thanksgiving. Guaranteed. Because we are the children of God. And, but notice with me, come before him with joyful singing. I think I've got another picture for you. Be bold and thankful and a step forward for Jesus. We call him our, our man in India. His name is Vincana. Some of you have seen these pictures, some of these pictures before. That's his family. But I, look at Vincana's face with me. A brother in our church led him to Jesus years ago. And now he's turned to the tribal people of India and he just builds up little tuition centers throughout India. And we are privileged as a church to walk beside this brother. I sent him a note today and there are people that we work with that are with him right now. And these little centers started with just one to teach the children more education that would never get beyond second grade. And now he stepped in and says, these are my people. I want to bless them and bring them higher in education. But as he does it, he does something else. With that smile and that joy, and incidentally, it's, it's great too, because ministry can take away uh, the love we should have for children. This guy just loves his own kids. And it's so beautiful. His name's Vincana. He's a great friend. But when the word of God speaks about serving the Lord with gladness, when we walk in these little villages, and now he has probably hundreds of these tuition centers, these little villages with places to teach the children, first a little bit more to get maybe a fifth grade education equivalent to America, but also to give them a worldview of God and who God is. And he would walk beside me. I, don't, I have no idea how many times, and we're walking through the, by the sewers, we're walking through the cesspool of darkness. And he'd be walking beside me and say, Daddy, I am so blessed to be able to serve like this. How would God ever have such favor on a guy like me that I could serve these people like this? You know this, but as he, as he speaks about this, come before him with joyful singing. And I, I think about just the privilege of serving, how God opens the door and saying, God, here I am. I just want to go that way. And then to enjoy the blessing of that service, joyfully, willingly. Colossians 3, 15 through 17. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Notice that he's speaking of thanksgiving tied to the peace of God ruling really your heart. Let the word of Christ dwell richly within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And notice how it's being done, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God and the Father. A redeemed heart is a thankful heart. A redeemed heart overflows with thanksgiving. It's just like that water glass because you keep receiving more and what you receive is going to keep going out and going on and someone else is getting blessed because of that. The next verse, verse 3, we, we, we enter into the fourth area we're considering here this morning, and that is know that the Lord is God. You can never be thankful unless you know he's God. It's more than just, I know about God. 
I've went to church all my, all my life. My parents believed. I have godly grandparents. I have friends that believe. The Word of God, as he's speaking about knowing about God, he's speaking about an intimate, personal relationship with the Lord that I know him. I have, I have tasted. I have partaken of him. I worship with him. Matter of fact, uh, I just someone shared this with me in the last week. One of these pastors we're visiting with in California, and it kept staying with me. It's, and we've shared this many ways, but his point is, he goes, I wish my people could just understand that their power to be powerful is tied to their devotions with God. And if that is left, all the teaching I ever do will never impact them if they don't have a time that they are before God getting to know God. Now, if you have never been there in this church, and there's someone that hasn't, we're in a time that Bibles are left in the shelf more than ever before. There is no time like today to say, Lord, I want to set a time to get to know you every day. And God will be there in a perfect way. We can put him on a shelf. We can say, I know I'm going to do it Wednesday. But if God, by his grace, could give you the power to come every day before him, like that pastor was breathing to me, that I want to know God. God, I just want to know you. And notice how David says this, know that the Lord himself is God. Once again, he's looking up. Everything is going up in Thanksgiving. You notice that? Everything that moves opposite just keeps going down. Grumbling, complaining, murmuring, disputings, they just keep going down. Thanksgiving just keeps going up. It's, there's no comparison. And when you think about this, it's just such an amazing truth. Know the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. He is our creator God. He is our savior God. We are his people. He is our father God. And the sheep of his pasture, he is our shepherd God. And what is so beautiful, you keep looking at the word of God, who he is and what he has done and how he has done it is so amazing. And oftentimes he says, but if you only take time to get to know me. For someone here, it may be that you need to take just time out to know he's God. And then you're, then you're ready to go back and be thankful. We're ready to go back and give praise to God. Because he is God. We know this. Jeremiah 10 and 10. Here is this old prophet. We think of him as just this prophet calling people out in sin. And that was one of his callings. But notice this. But the Lord is the true God. This is Jeremiah's message. He is the living God and the everlasting king. At his wrath, the earthquakes. The nations cannot endure his indignation. And Jeremiah, with the message of the prophet, was saying, Lord's God. The Lord is in control. The Lord is our savior, our creator, our redeemer. He's our life. He's everything. And here Jeremiah just lets it go. David in the Psalms 46 and 10 shares it in a little bit different way, but it yet is so powerful. In that first verse, he says, cease striving and know that I'm God. Do you notice that? You notice something there? We stop knowing he's God when we allow ourselves to bite the bait of striving. Cease striving and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And God says, I have the last word. I am king. I am Lord. You can be on my side and declare me king of kings and Lord of lords. And he says, I will, I will, I will. For the Lord of hosts, verse 11, is with us. And the God of Jacob is, on, is our stronghold. Knowing who God is. Notice this passage. Notice that the Lord himself is God. He's not one of many gods. He's not uh, just, a, just a god. Throughout the time of Israel, throughout the time of today, there are many gods that are worshipped. But here we have Jer Jeremiah or, or David saying, no, the Lord is God. Step one. Be thankful. Bless his name. Look up to him. Honor him. But no, he's God. God's got it. Oh, I love a verse that has blessed me over the years in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14. 
Habakkuk was a minor prophet. He was calling Israel back to God in a time there was just a slide away from God. They were moving away from God. They were going their own way. And Habakkuk all of a sudden just shouts a verse that one time in my ministry as a young guy just gave me so much hope. He said, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now get that. Habakkuk is saying, I don't care what's going on around you. I don't care everything that's crumbling in Israel. The earth will be full of the knowledge of the glory of God like the waters cover the sea. You look out at the sea, you see how those waters are everywhere. God's preeminence, his knowledge is just like that. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. It's, it's fitting that we take time in the United States of America at Surprise, Arizona, to step back and for a minute look back at the year of 1621 when a raggedy, scattered group of men and women came to the end of their first year through hardship and coldness and peril and famine. And it seemingly they'd lost everything, but they had enough. No portfolios were being built. No promotions were given. They had enough that that dear group of people just gathered together and they said, let's stop for three days and just thank God. This is the foundation upon which this nation has rested for, for 300 years. Men and women who would stop and thank God. Who would say, Lord, you're God. You did it all, not a little. And as those men and women stopped, they just put a stake in the ground that comes down and still exists today because many here are re recipients of that kind of faith that brought those kind of people here and they acknowledged God completely and they thanked him and God began to bless the place we call the United States of America. Blessed by like no other nation on the face of the earth. A place of peace and prosperity a place that families could grow, churches could grow. When you talk to people all over the world that we, we've went, I don't have to ask them where they'd like to live first because the first place always is the United States of America. But I do go to something that, that Moses wrote in Deuteronomy chapter 8, and I will not turn there now, but he gave this little word of exhortation to the children of Israel. He says, remember this, when you go into the land and you eat that which you did not make, when you sow that which you did, you, you plant that and you reap that which you did not sow, when you receive the blessings of God, Moses says, don't forget God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, who took care of your children, your grandchildren. Don't forget the Lord. And it is so fitting that David would say no, that the Lord is God. Oh, I think it's a blessing. I see several fathers and mothers here this morning of young children, the blessing of taking time, even this time of year, to take those children by the hand and say, children, I just want to tell you of the greatest blessing. God has been with us throughout the generations. The 145 Psalm says, you walk around Zion, you look up, you declare its palaces, you look up in the towers, and it says, you take your child. And it says, when you get done, you turn to your child and say, this God is our God forever and ever, and he's going to be our guide even till death. The blessing of being able to know God. Who impacted you for Jesus? If we would just ask and we don't have to say, but just kind of think about it a minute. Probably somebody who knew God. Someone knew God. And the God they knew touched you. A man that impacted me as a very young guy was my grand, one of my grandpas. And uh, he was raised very, very poor. And I never forget what he shared at Thanksgiving one year. And the church is a little guy I listened to. I was listening to him teach. And he said, 
He remembers a year during the Depression when they went to Uncle Ed's house. And Uncle Ed brought a pot out, and all he had in the pot was a bunch of little tiny potatoes, and he put one potato on every plate. And then he stopped. And then Uncle Ed says, now we're going to thank God. And he said, Uncle Ed had the prayer and thanked God for the one potato. God is blessed, but notice as he says, no, he is God. And remember, don't forget this. He's saying, don't forget that the Lord is God. Uh, Paul in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16 Rejoice always. He says, this, he's, Paul is telling the Thessalonian believers, rejoice always, but notice the next thing he says, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. He doesn't say for everything here, does he? He just simply says, in everything. Sometimes the thankfulness needs a little bit of hindsight. We got to step back. We got to see it a little while. We got to keep saying, God, I don't quite understand that, but I am ready to thank you when you begin to open the door and show me. And this is what Paul was telling that, that church, give thanks in everything. Some of you have shared trials with me. You've went through. Many of you have many you've never shared, not with me, maybe with God. I know that. But the word of God says, in everything, give thanks because this is God's will for you. Philippians chapter four, verse six. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, notice the nothing and the everything. We were looking at this several months ago, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Notice how this is, anxious for nothing, but everything in prayer. Tonight we have prayer right here in the church. It's a privilege to come and pray to God right here at the Assembly of Saints but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Here it comes again. Let your requests be made known to God. And Paul, just a few verses later, writes that next passage as he says, but I have received everything in full and have it abundance. Here comes that thanksgiving. You see, for every giver, there needs to be a receiver. I have received everything in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied. Having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And Paul is giving thanks because of the thank offering that it came to him. You see how thanks multiplies? It just keeps spreading. It's contagious. It's no different in one way on the other side of, of, the, of, the, of the bug I picked up at the wedding, probably. It just keeps spreading. You come in contact with someone else, you pick up a little bit of the virus. It comes in you, it keeps spreading. It's the same with Thanksgiving. When Thanksgiving is in our heart and we keep praising God, it's just going to keep blessing. It's going to head down the street. It's going to go out through the work quarter. we got a guy over here that's thankful. He's still thanking God, even, we haven't, even though they aren't giving us the raise we thought or the bonus at the end of the year. He's still thanking God. I can't understand why she's always rejoicing. Thank, know that the Lord himself is God. Know him. The next area here, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Now, as David was describing this entry into the gates, he was probably speaking of the gate that surrounded the city, like Jerusalem would have 12 gates. And that was the access into the city. And then he says, and into his courts with praise, go into the place I want you to go and enter boldly. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Notice the attitude as we take the bold move. If we are bold for Jesus Christ, God will bless it, but he will always bless it as we're bold with thanksgiving. If we're bold without thanksgiving, there probably won't be any blessing. Notice what he says. In, in, note, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Another picture up here of just some of those souls entering the gates. You remember them? The Loai family, the only ones that were here were John and Emily. But one of the things that has always been a blessing to Deb and I, you have Deborah and Rebecca, and you have the rest of the children, but 
you walk into their house, and their house, the first, of, first weekend of January, by God's grace, Deb and I will be there and, and dedicate that house as a church for God. But you walk into that house, and that house just glows with thanksgiving. You just feel it. Other people will, will come and minister with us at different times in Myanmar where they would live, and they would always talk about when they got to John and Emily's and what they took home from John and Emily's house. Thanksgiving. Bless his name. Enter into his gates. Matthew 10 and 8. Here was Jesus. He was sending his disciples out in Matthew 10 and 8. He says, gave one quick little word. Freely you've received, freely give. This is Thanksgiving. You've received. It wasn't yours. It was given to you. Give it away to God. Give away the joy. Give away the peace. Give away the love. Give away the service. Give away the offering of money, whatever God calls. If you freely received, freely give. And he goes on in that verse later and says, a God of peace will be with you. Ephesians 5 and 20, entering into those gates, be there to enter God. I will go where you want to go with thanksgiving. This is another stretch verse, Ephesians 5, 20. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our God our Lord Jesus Christ to God and even the Father. Now he's speaking about the more difficult things. How do you give thanks for the difficult things? How do you do it? This is what he says. But when you look around the difficult things, there's sometimes that one thing we can, we can always do is, God, I thank you there's a heaven coming, guaranteed. I thank you I have salvation through Jesus Christ. Guaranteed, in all difficult things, we can always give thanks for that. God, thank you for heaven. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all the love that I have received by, from you and other people through the age. Thank you, Lord, that possibly it's humbled me and brought me to a place of prayer with you that I didn't have before. Thank you, God, that I, I began to care for other people more. Thank you, God, that I began to become more patient. I still haven't got to the thing, and maybe that's okay. Maybe I got to where God wanted me to be. Just being thankful for all things. Giving thanks unto him. Isaiah 35 and 10, I'm about done with these verses, about done with the message, but Isaiah 35 and 10, I love this. It speaks about the children of Israel. This is in context of the millennial kingdom when the Lord is ruling out of Zion and all these things are going to be happening, but yet it's parallel to what happens when the Spirit of God comes into the life of a believer. And he says this, and the ransomed of the Lord will return. Return to what? The ransom of the Lord will return. They'll return back. Back to who? Back to what? In Israel's time, we're going back to Jerusalem. In our time today, we're going back to God. The ransom of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion. With everlasting joy upon their head, they will find gladness and joy and sorrow and sign will flee away. How many of you have found God speaking to you, maybe even today in the message that God, I need to return to Thanksgiving. The ransom of the Lord will return. I need to come back and thank you. Sometimes in crisis as we have sat beside someone and, and we have just looked and they did not know where to go, I, I just gave a blank sheet of paper and said, just start writing down the blessings. Maybe a friend that popped up you didn't know. The ransom of the Lord will return. Maybe one of, the, one of the places God is calling America is to return back to him in thanksgiving. You think about that. Maybe in all of our blessings, in all of our opportunities, in all of our uh, challenges, we stop coming to God and thanking him. I read about this little boy found himself one Sunday, early Sunday morning in a church in America. And there it was. He was on his knees at the front of the church. And the pastor was the next one that showed up to church. And he saw the little guy. 
and he was up there and he walked up to the little boy and he was praying and he waited and the little guy got done praying and the pastor asked him, why are you here at this church so early in the morning praying? And the little boy looked at the pastor and he said, sir, it's because the year was 1940. My father, a couple of years ago, went away to war. And I found out he was going to go to the war of Dunkirk. And I came in this church and you didn't see me. And I prayed that God would protect my father and bring him back to me someday. And he said, mister, he did. Dad came home. And I knew I had the privilege to come back here and thank God for bringing my dad home. Maybe for some of us, returning is just coming back and thanking God. It says the ransom of the Lord return and, and only God himself uh, knows what that means to each of us that are here. But the last part of the, this last verse, I, I just want to end this today because it is so much a part of thanksgiving for the Lord is good. Well, if we can see that, that God is good, God doesn't, God's intentions are always good. That doesn't mean we can explain it today or tomorrow, but the Lord is good. God is always good. And notice how David concludes the psalm. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Maybe you've been blessed by the song at some time. God is good all the time. He took the song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good. And our worship team is going to share that with us as we come to the end of the song. That God is good. He's good all the time. And this is how David is ending this. And when we think of Thanksgiving and we think about coming back to God and going to God first, we see that God is good. God is very, very good. I want to show you a last picture here of a thankful person, a very dear friend to Deb and I. She lives in China. She was the fastest 100-meter low hurdler in all of China. She was preparing for the Olympics in about 2002, and her knee gave out, and they put a cortisone shot in her knee, and it didn't work, and so they operated, and she lost a step, and she couldn't go to the Olympics, and she was a broken woman who knew nothing about her and told her that God was good. And there it was that she believed that God was good, and she believed that God was faithful, and she chose to live single till 38 years old, thinking she had lived single the rest of her life and the Lord to be her husband because there was such a need for, for the gospel to get out in China. She never wanted to compromise the faith, the truth of the gospel through any kind of a marriage. God took that dear woman, her name is Sarah, her American name, and he allowed us to look into China through that face right there. And she, for the next 15 years of my life, became my translator, going all through the country sharing the gospel with leaders. And you know how I use my hands? And I don't think about it. And Debbie would say the most amazing thing is Sarah would be right beside you, and she'd use her hands just like that and never look at you. Matter of fact, I've heard she's the best translator they've ever heard in China. You've got to take the tenor of the message, the burden of the message. It has to go beyond the text. It has to go beyond the verses. And there it is that just about four or five years ago now, she was reading 1 Corinthians 7, thanking the goodness of God, and God freed her to get married. And she, she called, caught me, and I was going with her up into northern China, and she says, I've been set free to be married. And God gave Deb and I the privilege to go to China in front of all the, the church believers there and a few friends from America to perform the ceremony with her. And really, guess what happened? She married my best friend. His name's Ralph. He's in, he's in India as we speak right now, working with Vincana. But the one thing that it showed us as we looked in that face, and I prayed this as I went to China, to China. God, I don't want to see just two China. I don't want just two, two people. I want to see through China. And I looked through that face, and I saw through that face to Jesus. And I knew that God was doing a work in China that was so amazing that the world has never seen. We don't know how many, only God does. Well over 100 million souls have given their life to Christ in China the last few years. Estimates are sometimes that 50,000 a day are giving their life to Christ. Some turn back, but the message of the gospel that's going out 
is God is good. And there's another message that accompanies that right there. And that is you see it all through that area, through those pastors, those believers. Dev and I have been taught so much about Thanksgiving. Well, I have left and came home. And I've been so exhausted because I just keep preaching like this for days. And but I think, who, who blessed who? Who really blessed who? And I realized they, in their thanksgiving, blessed me. And as we come to the end of this message, and it's not the end of Thanksgiving, the reason I, I chose to do it, we don't have a Thanksgiving service here on, thir- on Thursday or Wednesday night, no service. But I, I just want to give us as a church the privilege to seek God in this area of how we can be thankful and bless his name, during, not just during this season, but how it can become an impacting fact and truth in our life. That it can just keep on going. That we could thank God. And remember this one end to this message, this one passage, and it says this, the Lord is good. Leave with that. Leave in your hearts what God is good. He's good all the time, and he'll be there no matter where we go. And if you have not seen that goodness, possibly until, until today, today is the day to embrace that goodness. And really, it's not really us embracing that goodness. It's him embracing us. Because he's running toward us far before we we open our arms to him. He's already had his arms open. And he says he just stands at the door and knocks and asks us just to open the door and he's going to come in. And that was a cry even to the church that was losing the thankful heart. But God is good. And may he alone receive the praise from our life. And may Thanksgiving impact us in ways that it doesn't. Not just this season, but I pray from now on. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your abundant grace and your tender mercies, the goodness that is a part of who you are and how you have poured your goodness into us in so many ways, Father, in so many places, at so many unique places. Oh God, I pray that you would just take us as your children and and use us as you would want us to be, you, you, you would want to use us But, oh, Lord, may we remain thankful to you. Give us a heart of praise and worship and adoration. Seeing you through everything. Seeing your love, your goodness, your kindness. For you are an amazing God, Lord Jesus. And we give you the praise and honor and glory in Christ's name. Amen.